Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Mario, also known as the Node Defender, the super-duper-duper joyful Jackie, and the one and only Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath. We're still working on nicknames here, so feel free to comment on that one. <laughs> Today on Good Morning Crypto, we're going to be discussing the SEC coming after NFTs. The crypto Goliath. <laughs> crypto ETFs continuing to emerge. Weaponized finance creating a post-dollar economy. XRP preparing for a breakout. And the new opportunities emerging within the NFT space. But before we kick it off, I'd love to give everyone a chance to say hello and introduce themselves. Good morning, Mario. How you doing? Why don't you tell people what node you bought last night? Let's start off right there. Good morning. So last night, obviously, I bought strong nodes. I mean, what else? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, bro. Awesome. So we'll kick it to Jackie next. Joyful Jackie, good morning. How are you? I think I have to... I don't know. That just makes me laugh. Gonzo got Goliath and I'm sitting here. Joyful Jackie. <laughs> That's why There's I put no intimidation. You got to help me out. <laughs> Cool. That's yeah, why I put the super duper you. though, Jackie. What's yeah. that? Oh yeah, super duper. I gotta yeah. forget that. Awesome. So we'll go to the Goliath himself next. Good morning, Gonzo. Yeah. How's it going, man? Good morning, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, definitely. You know, I thought Gonzo was a good enough nickname, but you know, definitely uh, I'll reach out to the community, like uh, write something in there if you come up with something better than that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll I mean, work on take it. Much. Right? Right. The bar has been set, people, and it's pretty low. So we'll dive into this now. <laughs> we'll get right into the fear and greed index. So today we're showing a, uh, we're showing moderate fear here with a 39. Yesterday we were sitting at a neutral 52, and we've been in extreme fear for the past month or so. I'm actually fairly optimistic on some of the crypto prices and, and where we're sitting at right now. So we'll check out how uh, the total market cap is sitting at $1.9 trillion this morning. We've got Bitcoin sitting just above 43000 at 43600 Ethereum sitting at 2900 XRP sitting in the $0.76 cent range, Solana at $99, Cardano at $0.92, cents, and then we've got, um, where is it? Kronos right there, $0.43. Cents. So with that being said, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what this, what this is indicating to you. How are you guys feeling about the market? Are you optimistic, pessimistic? What's going through your heads? We can start with Mario. Yes, uh, feeling... Optimistic. I mean, it, it's good to see that we're seeing a little bit of a, a, a cool off, right? I mean, we can't just see crypto or or any of these cryptos just explode and go up in a straight line. So it's good to see a little bit of a cool off. Let's hope we can um, hold these levels and, and and yeah, let's just see how how March plays out. It's supposed to be bullish, but with everything going on in the world, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, and it does feel like we're in a we're in a bullish at least for a for the short term we're in a bullish cycle. And Bitcoin being at forty three thousand makes me feel happy. I know 
Last week, we were sitting at 34,500 when we had Gonzo and Jackie on. So we're up 9K in about seven days. I feel pretty optimistic. I'd love to hear from Gonzo. Gonzo, what's going through your head right now? Yeah, big difference, right? Where we were uh, last week, we had all this fear in the market. You know, Bitcoin, like you said, got down to 34,000. But um, I think, uh, you know, as long as we back test, right? Because we have that big green candle. Anytime that um, Bitcoin just blows right through and goes straight up parabolic, um, you know, you want it to kind of cool off a little bit and build structure uh, and yeah. kind of back test some of those levels. But, but yeah, you know, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling positive uh, yeah. about it. Right. But I mean, even last week though, uh, with all that fear, I, I was still like positive about it. Right. Cause I, I was buying right? and like we're already up like 10 grand. So it's awesome. And I think that's what we advised, right? We were like, this could be looked at as a great potential buying opportunity. You can see these recovery candles, right? It's like, Every time we get a dip here, there's always this quick recovery bounce. And I remember last week when we were at 34,000, we closed that daily candle above 39K. Jackie, I'd love to kick it to you before we move on to our topics. Anything going through your head or you feel our viewers should know? Should know? Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about uh, the price action that we saw. Um, we went over this yesterday in my call with um, Gonzo and Selman. Um, we kind of just look at the charts, um, especially the Bitcoin chart, obviously. And so a key range that we, you know, we're expecting to kind of stay in for, for at least the rest of this week is that 42 to $46,000 range. Um, it'd be great, you know, to, to break above that. I mean, that's the next zone that we're looking at is to break above that 46, 47, because that is a, a pretty key resistance for us. And it has been a pretty tough resistance in the past. So, so, I mean, as long, like, just like Mario said, as long as we stay in like this range, um, you know, kind of trade sideways, cool off a bit before we get that next leg up. That's kind of what we're hoping for. Right. And is there any key price targets you're looking for once we break past that $46,000 range? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, psychologically and from a technical analysis standpoint that you have 47 to 50, um, if we yeah. can break above 50, that would, and hold that, um, that is kind of where I would start getting my hopes up a little bit more. Um, but you know, that hold 47 to 50 is just, uh, you know, it, it's a strong resistance zone um, psychologically and from a technical standpoint. A lot of people look at 50K and it, you know, it's just 50K. It's that rounded off number, that halfway point. So, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting uh, if we break through that with the amount of volume that we had before and hold, sustain that level. That would get me really excited. I just don't, um, I don't know. I don't see it going as smoothly as it did uh, last week. But, you know, I nobody knows. I don't know either. So, yeah. We'll see what yeah. happens. And there's a lot of uncertainty, right? But I feel like often that can be looked at in retrospect as the best time to have been buying. But I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on some of the altcoins. Someone commented, alts haven't moved much yet. And I totally agree. Are we waiting on something in particular, maybe for Bitcoin to break past a zone and then have that liquidity flow into the alts? Uh, Jackie, let's stay with you. What's going through your mind when you're looking at altcoins right now? Yeah, um, I think... Gosh, we talked about this yesterday also, um, mm -hmm. you know, the dominance of Bitcoin is rising as well. So I think a lot a lot of people are hesitant to jump into alts right now. I think they want a little more stability um, within Bitcoin before they um, before they're comfortable with jumping into alts, because that's, you know, that's the narrative, right? Um, liquidity fl flows into Bitcoin first. And then once people are taking profits from Bitcoin, um, once it hits a certain point, then it you know, then it flows back into alts. And, and if Bitcoin can't sustain, um, you know, certain levels, because it's unsure right now, um, where we're at in the market, nobody really um, knows. So if it can't sustain certain levels, that's kind of what they're watching at these 
key levels that we broke past and made supports in the past. Um, those last two big runs that we saw, um, you know, within this within this bull market, uh, quote unquote bull market. I don't know how true those cycles are uh, to this day, but you know that we did see two um, great great pumps. Um, I guess I'll refer to them as and. Um, you know, we did where we did break past those 50, that 50 K level. And that's when people were comfortable jumping into altcoins. Now that we're below that, um, I think people are kind of hesitant on the sides. And now with that Bitcoin dominance rising, you know, um, jumping into alt is risky. You could really wreck yourself if, if it doesn't, um, you know, if Bitcoin doesn't sustain and it does end up going back down, um, not passing those resistance levels, then, then your altcoin bags will, you know, definitely diminish. Yeah, I'd love to give a shout out to Waters Above Crypto because he made a really good point when we had him on the podcast last week. He was talking about how in the previous bull market cycles, when we had an alt season, the bottom of the bear market was almost exactly 12 months after that. And I would consider what happened last April to be an alt season. We saw VeChain, XRP, XLM, all these coins experienced this massive unprecedented price appreciation and clearly it wasn't sustained. So now that we're sitting almost 12 months out, in my head, I'm thinking this might be a good buying opportunity, maybe not on Bitcoin in particular, because we're still in that $43,000 range. But when I look at projects like VeChain, we had someone comment about HBAR. These are all projects I'm holding. And if I'm below my dollar cost average point, I think it'd be a great time to accumulate. Gonzo, I know you know a ton about the crypto market. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, um, I think you make a good point, Abs. Uh, you know, it all depends on when you got into the market, right? So if you got into the market back in April and you bought really high, then anything that you're buying right now is way lower. So that's really important. Yep like to know exactly what your buy-in level is so that you can see that when you drop below that, it's a good time to buy for you, right? I, I think it should be individualized. You're going to get days like last week where like the first day of the war, where we get a huge correction in all of the market. And those are great times to buy for everybody. But that's why it's important that you're not just kind of guessing or just winging it, that you have like a whole plan and that you know exactly what your entry levels are or your average entry level is. So you know if it's a good time to buy, right? Yep. Um, as far as what we were talking about before, yeah, I, I'm looking at the 47,000 for Bitcoin, right? Because once we start closing daily candles above that and we start moving into the 50,000s, um, you know, that's where we start paying attention. Because when if Bitcoin finally moves, maybe we get that 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 alt season. But yeah, um, and it, but again, I've talked about this before with the long time horizon. Um, you know, if you're going back to last April and you look at the prices are now, it's a good time right now to accumulate alts with that long-term time horizon, especially if you were buying uh, back in April, right? You're getting it at, at uh, what we've had. Some of these uh, altcoins are at, at a 70 to 80, 85% um, correction. Yep. Abs, I have a quick, I have a quick fire question before we move into the topics. Um, do you guys, do you guys see us having a new all-time high this year? I'll go with abs first for Bitcoin so that is for Bitcoin. If we're talking about Bitcoin, it's it's tough for me to wrap my head around this year just because we experienced so much price appreciation in the past 12 months. We went from, I remember I purchased my first Bitcoin in September of 2020 for $9,000. So since that point, I mean, we've appreciated all the way to 70 grand and now we're in this regression. And so I'm not super optimistic on breaking all-time highs, but I do think that we're, we're not going to enter this long-term bear market like we've experienced in the past where there are some people like, um, shout out to Blockchain Backer, I love his content. He's talking about that thirteen to fourteen thousand dollar range being almost definitive. Like that will happen when we experience the next bear market. I'm not so certain about that, just because of all the institutional adopting. But I am fairly optimistic on the market as a whole, and I do think that Bitcoin will sustain this price range. Right, right, Jackie. 
if we'll get another uh, pump out of Bitcoin was your question? Well, new, if we'll see a new all-time high for, for this oh, year all-time high. On, on Bitcoin. Man, I'm I'm gonna take that that hopium. Yeah, we're gonna see it. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Jackie, joyful Jackie, called it out. Uh, everyone's gonna yeah. everyone's gonna hate me after. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make predictions. That's where you. That's where you really wreck yourself. <laughs> that's a good point. Gonzo, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm 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 in the wait and see. Right, I'm gonna take what the market gives me. Right, I'm watching those levels and see. Uh, I'm hopeful. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Like uh, if you follow Arcane Bear, uh, he, he put up a Wyckoff schematic, right? Yeah. That basically shows mm-hmm. that we're kind of in an accumulation for, for Bitcoin, right? So just kind of watching that. And again, if you're looking at a super long time horizon, um, depending on when you get in uh, or when you got in, like the people that got in when, when we were at the all-time high, right now for them, it'd be a good time to buy to kind of lower that, right? If you believe in it, if you believe in the technology. But, um, but yeah. I could see us getting close to that. Uh, it, it just depends. That's all right. I, I think we're moving towards that. I think we're definitely trying to move moving towards that. It's getting better. So uh, we'll see what happens. And, like I think this month will be very, very important for that. Yeah. And I'd love to throw a closing comment in here. Just typically before we experience an alt, an alt season, the Bitcoin dominance will get to about 70%. And then we'll go into this regression where that liquidity flows from Bitcoin into some of the major altcoins like Ethereum, XRP, Cardano. And I'm sure everyone in this group knows this. We've talked about it before. And then that money will shift into the lower cap altcoins. So I think it's important to watch the Bitcoin dominance. If we do get into that 70% range, I don't see us going far beyond that before that liquidity flows into other projects. So if anybody has any closing comments before we get into the articles, this would be the time. Uh, just that, that, that that's the key thing, right, with Bitcoin dominance is that um, where we're, what we're used to in the last bull run, we didn't have as many crypto out there. Now we have metaverse, we have uh, DeFi, we have all this stuff. So yes. it's how is that going to affect Bitcoin dominance? And what is that number that it's going to eventually settle to when we actually see a bull run, if that makes sense? Yes. Right. Whereas yeah. we, before we've seen it at 70%, maybe now it ends up being something like 60% or a little bit lower. And we still get a bull run because there's just um, so much diversity in the market and so many more altcoins. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, just before we kick it off, I'm going to say we won't see a new all-time high for Bitcoin. And Ooh. I do, I do, I did see that video that Arkeen Bear put out with the accumulation on the Wyckoff, but I am more inclined towards blockchain backers' uh, thesis and that we will just see a retracement to the 702, so the 58, more or less the 58K range. And hopefully what I'm, what I'm hoping for is that shift in in into the altcoins and we'll see this this altcoin explosion and then but yeah i'm gonna i'm more inclined towards not seeing an all-time high for bitcoin so yeah. we won't see an all-time high for bitcoin but we will see 589 for xrp and you heard it from mario first <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. just kidding guys but let's the, roll the, the thing is though is that we don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but the thing is that we really don't need an all-time high to get an alt season right like yeah. Yeah. like mario's saying if we right. get up to 58 59 we're going to get an alt season Mm-hmm. Right. I love that you said that. I know we're going to get into the news articles, but I love this conversation. Like even the, during the last cycle, we had this B wave come in and, and blockchain backers charted this very, very accurately. And he thinks we're going to go up to that $58,000 range before we begin our bear market and go into that long-term regression. So that would be when the alt season takes place. Um, I'm a big believer in that. I do think that blockchain backers has been spot on. I love his content. I do follow him, but let's just have, have a closing discussion here. Are you watching that $58,000 range and are you going to be exiting some of your small cap or 
or accumulating up until that point? How are you guys navigating the market and does that play into your decisions? We can start with Jackie. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, I'll be watching. That's kind of what I do and how I, uh, go about trading and, and looking out for my portfolio is, I mean, cause I'm watching it every day, you know, someone who, who isn't, you know, they have a different strategy, but that is my strategy. I am watching it every day. Um, so as far as I'm like, when I make my decisions, it, it's kind of like when we had that discussion, um, I think it was last week, you know, I do have price targets that I'm looking to hit. And if I don't hit them, then you know, I'll, I'll keep most of mine in for the long term. You know, if it doesn't turn out that way, if it's not what we're expecting um, for alts to kind of set off um, here coming within the next couple of months, then heck, why, you know, why would I exit the market? I would just, I just hold tight, you know? Yep, totally. Gonzo, I'd love to kick it to you. And for any of our listeners, please feel free to comment on some of the projects you'd like for us to be covering consistently. And we can deep dive those at another time. And then we'll bring you guys the most relevant information possible. But let's kick it to Gonzo. What's going through your head, man? Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my um, exit, uh, my target exit prices. If we hit those, then I'm going to come out, right? If we get a big bull run that, I mean, my original plan was to, um, you know, sell most of it, keep it in stable coins. And then when we hit the bear market, go back in. Right. Yeah. But it's all based on, uh, you know, how, how high up it goes and my, uh, exit prices. But if I don't hit the exit prices, then I'm just going to hold and I'm just going to just, uh, you know, wait for that bear market and just keep accumulating. Right. Cause they awesome. always say that, right. People make, uh, uh, a lot of money during a bull run, a bull, I'm sorry, a bull run, but in a bear market, you know, it kind of totally changes the game. Totally. Mario, what's going through your head, man? Um, I'd love to hear about how you're navigating the market in particular. Are you still accumulating or are you just sitting on the sidelines? What are you doing? Building yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the notes, the notes have been a huge uh, factor for me because they've, they've allowed me to, to have this constant capital come in where I'm able to just keep diversifying. Um, I mean, I can't say I've been too good at diversifying. I've, been, <laughs> I've just been stacking more and more nodes, but I'm hoping that in the long term, this just, kind of creates a, a steady income for me. Uh, and um, But I have been accumulating for the last couple of months. I have been buying into some other projects, um, mostly some projects that I already have. But I'm, I'm a little bit in the, same, in the same field as pretty much all of you. Like I'm just taking whatever the market gives me. Um, if I reach my, my exit targets, then I'll, I'll make an exit. But otherwise, I'll I'll just I'll just hold. I mean, I, I'm not going to sell in into the fear. I'll sell into the greed, and I think I really think that we will see that greed come in at some point. Um, I do believe that. So I do believe that we will see Bitcoin go into its retracement, and then in, into that retracement, that's what when we will see the altcoins just pop off. And whether it's going to be as big as it was back in 2017, 2018, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. You could already see, like, I could already almost see the setup for the FOMO, right? Because Mario, you were talking about this a couple of days ago on the show, where like everything about crypto, the narrative was bad. It's uh, nefarious. You know, people use it for shady things. And then yeah. now with the war, you know, it's for relief to help the country of Ukraine. There's there's all these narratives are starting to come in, and everyone's talking about crypto. So I could start to see where that FOMO is gonna where it could kick in, right? Love it, Gonzo. That, that's a perfect segue into our first topic. And for anybody who's looking for a deeper understanding, a deeper fundamental understanding of how to navigate the crypto markets 
and also a little insight into how Coach JV navigates this market from a mindset and technical analysis standpoint, please check out the 3T Warrior Academy. You'll get access to everybody on our research team. That includes these three beautiful and intelligent human beings. And we have a lot to offer. So I think that a lot of people would really appreciate a lot of the content we're sharing there. Um, so we can dive into this first article here. I actually, I had something else, but because of what Gonzo said, I think this is what we should bring up first. Bitcoiners were right. Weaponized finance just created a post-dollar planet. The sanctions against Russia have suddenly revealed the massive power that lay dormant in the unified global banking system for decades. But it is likely to also mark the beginning of the end and the dawn of something more fragmented. So I think they're trying to say we're moving from a centralized to a decentralized system. And they just needed a catalyst to get us rolling into that. I think retail always needs an event to, to move them into a new market. And that's what this is being used as, in my opinion. So I've got one more quote I want to share with you guys before we open it up. Shares in one of Russia's largest banks collapsed 95% on the London Stock Exchange. The ruble has declined roughly 50% against the dollar in just the past week. And a body blow to Russian economy would have long-lasting effects, even if the short-term dip, which it won't be. So they're anticipating these effects being long-term. And they think that Russia is making long-term economic mistakes. They're punishing the people within their country. And I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. What's going through your head? We can start with Mario. Yeah, I, I mean, I see... I see what's happening and, and with a shift and, and it's, it's terrible to see that some of these, some of these stocks are actually experiencing, um, they're experiencing what crypto experiences quite often. Right. So we're seeing like just huge amounts of, of value just disappear from these stocks and we're quite used to it in crypto, but we're not used to it in, in, in stocks. That's for sure. Yes. And I think that this is just me and Gonzo. I talked about this previously. We're watching the evolution of the financial system take place. And that's not going to happen without a catalyst. So whether it's the war or the C word or whatever, they're shifting us in that direction. And the evolution of our banking system, it has to go digital. We're, we're experiencing massive inflation. The numbers are getting so large. I remember there used to be a saying when I was trading stocks, if a company reaches a billion dollars, it's there to stay. Now we're sitting in an industry that's almost $2 trillion in total market cap. And we've got people questioning whether this is going to be sustainable or not. And I just think that's unreasonable. But I want to read one quote before I kick it to Gonzo here. It says, France's prime minister promised on March 1st that we are going to cause the collapse of the Russian economy. And the SWIFT system wasn't created until 1978, as recently as the middle of the 20th century. International banking is regularly involved shipping large amounts of gold on boats. So we went from shipping like boats worth of gold to exchange value to this new accounting liquidity system. And now the evolution of that is going digital where we're going to be able to exchange that value instantaneously. Gonzo, um, what's going through your head when you see something like this? And how do you feel about the sentiment surrounding these events? Is this a positive thing? Is this a negative thing? Was this inevitable? What's going through your mind? Um, I, you know, I think it's a positive thing for crypto, but it's interesting because I'm listening to you talk about the story and it just, it, it, it's again, I'm not taking away that, you know, the war is real. There are people that are really dying, right? So when I say narrative, understand that we understand what's happening is really messed up, okay? And it's really affecting people's yeah. lives. But I'm just talking about, like, just digesting the information. But depending on where you get your news source depends on, like, the tone of the story, right? Uh, it's it's becoming more positive for crypto. But, like, I saw one story yesterday where they were talking about there's been at least, like, a 100 million donated that's overall not just to the civilian side but to the military side to the ukraine wow. and then at the same time they were talking about how russia is going to use crypto to um 
you know, outdo the SWIFT system, that, they're, they're, that these sanctions aren't going to be able to hit because they've set themselves up doing crypto. And then on a different channel, they were talking about how, no, no, they're going to be able to freeze their wallets. And I'm like, how are you going to freeze their wallets? Right. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on where you get your information from. But overall, it feels like the narrative is positive for crypto from where we were before. Um, and you even, it's unavoidable, right? Um, you can no longer sit there and say that this asset is going to go away, right? What are we at? Uh, two, two, almost 2 trillion, you said, yep. Abs, right? Yeah. There's no way, even, even like um, these big time in investment companies that were coming in or didn't want to get involved in crypto, they have to make their customers happy and their customers want exposure to the asset. So you can't ignore it anymore. It's a $2 trillion asset. It's not going anywhere. Totally agree. And I just want to touch on the sanctions and how they're affecting people. So Russia has been preparing for sanctions since 2014, accumulating assets beside the U.S. dollar. And they've accumulated about $630 billion worth of total assets. But the foreign exchange reserves are not held by central banks, but instead by other banks around the world. Securities and money, never more. Everything is external. So all of this value isn't within their borders. So they're not going to have direct access to this. And this is where the sanctions come in. All this preparation basically went out the window because they're not able to access these funds. Jackie, I know we haven't talked to you yet. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that. I just noticed that quote um, when you'd switched it over to Gonzo. That is the biggest issue here, um, you know, with the sanctions put into place. You know, now I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe not. Who knows? Uh, Russia was, you know, betting on the fact that they had a, a lot of their foreign exchange reserves uh across you know across borders things like that but they can't count on that now because it's frozen um so that definitely makes bitcoin seem like the hero in this bitcoin and you know um cryptocurrency as a whole they seem like the hero in this situation you know it's not um it's not something that is uh unable to access across border you know that's exactly what it's what it's designed to do is cross borders without without um you know, these, these walls being put up for um, people unable to access them. So this is, you know, kind of the perfect narrative um, to put into place a positive light on, on cryptocurrency as a whole. Totally agree. Mario made a great point yesterday when he was talking about how people are now able to take their funds, put them on a ledger. And in that one by one inch cube, you can store as much value as you'd like. So if I've got 700 Bitcoin on my ledger, I don't have to carry you know, what, what would that be? Let's call it $10 million worth of gold bars or cash cross border. Now I can store that on my ledger and move that value wherever I go. Mara, do you want to touch upon that before we move on? Yeah, I think just a combination, combination of what Jackie was, was talking, Jackie about, was talking as well. about. I mean, it's, it's great to see that we could just walk and, and carry all our wealth around with us. I mean, I'm 99% in crypto. And I'm not going to say that I walk around with all my crypto on my phone. <laughs> I don't want a target on my back because I don't. I'm actually very careful. You guys know I'm like one of the most tedious and, and when it comes to security. But, um, but it's just great to know that if you happen to have to flee your country, which is what we're referring to, you could just flee your country and take all your wealth with you as, as easy as you can nowadays. Yeah. It's such a unique time. There's so many new opportunities emerging. So I'll roll us right into our next article. Charles Schwab says latest ETF heavyweight to propose a crypto fund. An index index tracking fund would invest primarily in the stocks and companies involved within the crypto space. I found this so interesting that people are hesitant to buy the actual assets, but they're willing to invest in the companies and infrastructure producing those assets. So 
why wouldn't I just want to hold that value myself? Gonzo, you're, you've got a lot of insight. You know, I, I think what it is is because overall, probably because they don't believe in it, but like I was saying, but their customers are probably pushing them more and more that they want to get involved in the asset. And so they're not pot committed. So they don't want to go out and buy the asset, but they want to give their customers exposure to it in some way and make their customers happy, right? Because that's what they're there to do. They're there to manage their customers' money. And if they're not making their customers happy, their customers are going to go somewhere else. And some of these guys have billions, right? So yep. maybe as a company, they still are hesitant or they're still fighting that, right? But they're trying to give their customers some type of exposures. That's what it looks like to me. Because then why, why not just go out and buy the asset, right? Exactly. I was so confused. I, I think it was three months ago when they came out with a Bitcoin ETF and it was a futures ETF. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just open up a Coinbase account and buy the actual asset? Because I could benefit off it that way. But it seems like for a lot of retail investors, that's a big hurdle for them, especially when you get into that older class of 55 and up. They don't want to learn this whole new system. And if you do, that's amazing. And this is the best place to do so. So please check out the 3T Warrior Academy where we can show you the fundamentals of navigating a market like this that's brand new and we're all learning as we go. So Mario, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. This crypto ETF and these new funds, what's going through your mind? Is this something you would put your money into and not financial advisor, but how would you be navigating this situation? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily do it myself, but I mean, it's really interesting to see that uh, more and more companies are looking to create exposure to the crypto market and to bring exposure to, to investors. I mean, I know a lot of people in my life that uh, don't necessarily... Um, I would, I, I don't want to say they don't want to invest in, in crypto, but I guess they're just, they just don't know how to invest in crypto. So they're more traditional. So having a lot of these more traditional investment vehicles come about, I think it's positive for, for the space and it's really cool to see. Yep. And it's interesting that the Schwab filing follows BlackRock and Fidelity's previous filings to open up similar projects that are crypto related ETFs, but they're not purchasing the actual digital asset. I know that BlackRock has over $10 trillion in value under management. So the amount of liquidity we're talking about is, it's incomprehensible. Like we're sitting at a $2 trillion market cap and then we've got publicly traded companies five times the total value of the crypto market. I find that to be so impactful. And talking about the Schwab in particular, they've got 380 billion of assets under management. Jackie, how you feeling? Would you invest in something like this? Is it, does this interest you? What's going through your mind? Uh, me personally, no. Uh, and I, I, but that, that's, this is what I wanted to uh, bring into comparison. You know, we're kind of a unique group, people that are, you know, taking, taking their financials into their own hands and learning this market for themselves. It's not, I mean, because we're surrounded by each other every day, it seems like, you know, the world is very like up to date with everything, yep. but that's something to put into perspective. These, these big, um, these big, you know, hedge fund guys that are getting into, they're doing it early um, so that they can take, you know, take on the massive load of people that want to be able to have access to these assets, but are kind of too afraid or I don't know if irresponsible is the word. I think, I think a general, uh, like the general retail investor that are going to places like BlackRock um, to handle their investments, either they're, either they're afraid to touch the asset themselves or they just don't want the responsibility of doing it themselves. And I've actually had this conversation with Jeremy, our CFO, um, 
about something like this for the academy because people you know they don't want the responsibility of being their own bank or handling their own financials they kind of pass it off to someone else whether that's so they can blame someone else or whether they just they just really don't have the time to do it um so i kind of think that that's the interesting take like an interesting viewpoint to look at this as like a lot of people you know they they're either scared or you know they don't want the responsibility of handling their own financials so uh, talking to people like us you know we're like no way like we definitely want to be our own um entity to handle our financials on our own you know but so that's kind of that's kind of a way that i look at this and to be honest you know what the whales are doing you should you should follow so if, if people you know to be able to create something where you can you know handle other people's financials for them whether it's you know you're not blackrock but if someone wanted to capitalize on this, they definitely could. I had a great conversation with a, a wealthy retail investor a few months ago, and he was talking about how he wanted to build his portfolio. And I'm just going to use fake numbers here, but let's say he wanted to build his portfolio from $50 to $100. And once it got to that $100 mark, he wanted to hand it off to an institution like BlackRock. So he wasn't responsible for those funds anymore. Gonzo, it looked like you wanted to comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it was just something that... Uh triggered my memory that Jackie said when she said um, scared or the word fear, right? Um, I think that as the way that we're raised, like Coach is always talking about this, the subconscious mind programming part of it, people are scared of money, right? Money doesn't grow on trees, save for a rainy yeah. day, right? But like from the moment that, you know, you're born and you're growing up, our, our parents pound this into us about you have to save, you have to save, you have to save, totally. you know, this, this vision of, yeah, and then you have to buy a house and you have to have this and you have to have that. And so I think our relationship with money uh, for most people is this thing of fear that they don't understand. But being in the academy, uh, you know, I'm a true believer that you are the average of the people that you hang out with, the average of five, right? So we're always talking about finances. We're always talking about mindset. So we look at money differently, right? It doesn't matter how much money you make. Um, you start to understand we, when I got into crypto and I started um, buying crypto and doing all these things, it totally changed the way that I looked at money. And it totally looked uh, at the way that I did my finances, right? Because it didn't matter how much money I made. Um, you know, you could make not a lot of money or a lot of money, but you can still take a certain percentage of your income and put it into an investment, right? And that's what's great about the academy, that we're all like-minded and that we all do research. We all read the same books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah, Richest Man in yes. Babylon, right? Yeah, and think, so and just, rich. think and Grow Rich. It totally just changes your mindset. And, and, and But then when you look, when I look at other people and the way that they talk, or they see that what I'm investing in, they, look, they give me that crazy look like, you're doing what? What are you buying? Right. But and that person that I'm talking to, he literally has two hundred thousand dollars in his bank. He's trying wow, to figure yeah. out, like, is he going to buy a house? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? But he never makes a decision like he's always like looking at things to get into, but then never gets into that. And the money just sits in the savings while inflation eats up what his dollar value is. Right. Totally. Totally um, agree. We, we mentioned it with Mr. Cashflow yesterday. Once people find out they can get five to 15 percent by staking and participating in some of these other opportunities, whether it's flexible or you're locking in your money, it, it doesn't make sense for it to sit in a bank account and earn you 0 0.06, 0 0.07 in interest. It's just a math game. It's just a simple numbers game. Mario, love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I just, I want to say that it's really important for us to realize that 
we 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 as a society and as a world and as an economy are evolving and because of that evolution there's new ways to invest there's new ways to make money there's new opportunities and it's really important for people to not stay closed-minded and stay traditional because although it's okay like we, we've had proof that there are some traditional ways of investing that are secure and and you know they're safe you're going to get your return and it, it's it's really we, uh, safe and easy way to invest. But the, the truth is for those of you that, you know, you, you're looking to make that extra move, you're looking to change your life. Um, this is a great opportunity. I mean, crypto for me has been the hugest blessing. I mean, not just for me, for my family. And it, it, I can't stress enough how much of a, a shift it's been able to provide for me and my family. And Although I joining the academy has played a big part in in changing my mindset and and realizing what Gonzo was just saying that you know I heard that constantly growing up you know money doesn't grow on trees you have to save you have to save you have to save and it's like no you have to invest you have to invest you have to invest so it's my mindset on money and how you should treat money has changed dramatically by being part of the academy and crypto has just been that boost to really take my financial um, I want to say my financial um, position to be more free and to be able to be here with you guys, for example. There's a great quote in personal development where people talk about the quality of conversations, right? And they say the lowest tier of conversation is gossip, people talking about other people. The next tier would be events. People will talking about events. That's the medium. And the highest form of conversation is when, when people are discussing and sharing ideas. And so that's what I love that, what, about us is that we're constantly discussing new ideas and whether something's great or wrong, there's value in either, in either opportunity. Like we're learning from our mistakes and we're also learning from our correct decisions. I was receiving mm -hmm. the most amount of criticism for my investing two years previously when it was uh, just after March of 2020, I began getting involved in crypto and everyone was like, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. Bitcoin's three grand. You know, all of this stuff is garbage. It's fake money. It's used for criminals. And here we are two years later, and all of those same people, and I really mean this, all of them, have approached me at some point between now and then asking if they should get involved in cryptocurrency. And typically those people, that conversation happened in the fall when Bitcoin was experiencing this massive price appreciation. So it's always, we always buy blood in the streets. We don't want to be in the scarcity mindset of finish all the food in your plate. There's an abundance of food. There's an abundance of wealth. And we're all coming to understand that. Gonzo, can I get some closing comments? Um yeah, just, you know, I know we keep harping on, on the Academy and stuff, but uh, I mean, and we're not perfect. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Jackie knows the story already, but like last Saturday, I got some really bad financial news and it shook me to the core, right? And all those negative thoughts started to creep in the doubt. What am I doing? Why me? Like, this isn't fair. I'm a good person. I don't do anything bad. All that, all that, that mindset that I had prior to the Academy started to creep in. And I kind of had to check myself and kind of process it and be like, no, I'm good. I have everything that I need, right? I'm grateful because I have a job. I'm grateful because I have an income, right? I'm grateful because I have you guys. I'm able to talk to you about it. I'm invested in a brand new asset class. I'm going to be okay. So, yeah. um, you know, we're not perfect. Like, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about stuff, but, you know, we're going to have good days and bad days. Co coaches like shared some of his personal stuff too. But it's so awesome, like having you guys, like I, I talked to Jackie about this the other night and it, it, it's such a difference because it, it just, just totally like click changed, like, no, I'm good. And then just keep pushing forward. Right. 
It's been fantastic. And Gonzo, I can speak for you. You're one of the most high character guys I know. And the way that you approach life and the attitude that you bring consistently, it's, it's amazing. And I'm happy to have you in my life. So I'd like to take a moment to say that. But Jackie, before we move on, I'd just like to get some closing comments. What's, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I really like the sentiment that we've been talking about. Um, it's interesting. And I know we've been uh, plugging the Academy and stuff like that, but I do do want to, I do want to say that is, you know, you, you reach a point where you're, you're learning for yourself and, and researching things for yourself. And, and you kind of start to realize, you know, this, this entire, you know, your entire life, the, the fear that they've put into you about money and about materialistic things, you know, it kind of starts to dissolve a little bit and you, you kind of, you realize more, your mindset is more important than, than a materialistic thing. And then you, you, you really start to, um, yeah, you really start to kind of, um, take back your life a little bit where you, you have more confidence in your, in you, you know, and your, your skill level to be able to learn things on your own and to be able to research on your own and to be able to kind of navigate your life for yourself instead of constantly reaching out for the materialistic things to, that you think you need to survive. Um, when you start to realize that everything already, you know, lies within yourself, within your skill, within your knowledge, to be able to master your life, to be able to live on your own, to be able to survive, to be able to earn money, things like that. That's the type of stuff that, you know, you, you all of a sudden start to realize, um, just being around the people, you know, you people, um, the people that I've met here or, uh, the knowledge that we're all sharing with each other. It you know, it, it starts to bring that to your light and understanding. Um, so yeah, I think that that's I think that that's in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're sitting here talking about Bitcoin and money and um, war and this and that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's what really matters. You know, you and your consciousness and your level of of where you're at within your life, you know. Totally. So that's, and that's what we want to bring to pass uh, to everyone in in the academy or everyone on earth, even you know. Totally, totally. Mario. Did you have a comment? Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to say that what what Jackie was just saying is so true. And I, I want people to realize something, which is you create your own reality. And I've realized that so much in the past year where through being part of the academy and realizing all these things, I've started to, you know, uh, be around people that align more with what I want for my life. And that has allowed me to reshape my reality where now all of a sudden I believe that I can achieve these things. I believe that I can be this person. I believe that I can sit here and talk to 115 people on YouTube. And a year ago, you know, if I had a room of 10 people, Hey, that was already (laughs) weird enough for me. And, uh, and, and, and all to say that you start to like, you surround yourself by people that bring you up. And then all of a sudden you're able to accomplish and achieve these things that, one, you probably didn't think that you could, and two, you never imagined that you could. So I just wanted to say that. I love that. And I know we're a news channel, but I think these conversations are so important. No, I I think these conversations are very very important. I think our viewers are getting a ton out of this content because that was some of my biggest questions when I got into crypto. How should I be approaching this thing? What what should my mindset be? Is there any community I can latch onto? And I got lucky enough to find you guys and find Coach JV. And I think that we vibrationally aligned. We come together as like-minded people searching for the same thing. And Freedom is the most important. There's a great quote by Jim Carrey. I know it's a a pretty weird person to quote, but he says, I wish that everyone would reach the top of the mountaintop and get everything they ever desired to realize that's not going to fulfill your 
your sense of purpose. It needs to come from internal and you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't come, become comfortable in your own skin and comfortable with yourself, you're never going to feel satisfied, but I'd love to get into some more articles. So we're going to move into another fear mongering article. And, and this is the perfect time to discuss this. I really believe that the sec is probing the NFT market. Um, so the Securities and Exchange Commission is investigating whether certain non-fungible tokens qualify as securities and thus should be regulated. Over the last few months, the SEC attorneys have sent subpoenas to NFT creators and various crypto exchanges requesting more information. And before I kick it around the room, there's a great quote from Gary Gensler. Of course, the Gare Bear is what I call him. Gary Gensler said he believes that crypto tokens are likely securities and they should fall under the jurisdiction of the SEC. Well, of course he does. Why am I not surprised? Gonzo, what are you feeling? Dude, come on, that guy. You know, he thinks everything is a security. Why? Because he wants control. He wants the power. He wants the decision making, right? He seems yep. to me like a person that's drunk with power, right? And because he thinks everything is security. When we know that when we're talking about crypto, more than likely what it should be is a commodity, right? It should fall under the CFTC, yep. right? Um, th that's what it is. Now, as far as NFTs, depending on what the NFT is promising, some of those, I'm not going to lie, some of those could be considered a security, right? So I'm not surprised. Yep. But like overall with his message, he thinks everything is security. And, and you know, definitely, you know, we've talked about this about the XRP case yep. and um, creating um, a new case law, um, a new, uh, God, I'm forgetting the word, uh, the test. How we test. test. Yeah, sorry. Yep. I totally spaced on that. Yeah, creating a new how we test, but it's time for that, right? We have a totally new asset class and it's in digital form and that law is so old. So we need something new. Uh, and and I'm not going to be surprised if if that's what we get, right? But yeah, that guy, you know, whatever. It's funny. And, and Gonzo, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, everyone in the SEC is a bad person. I think Hester Pierce, who is also at the SEC, has good intentions and is trying to yeah. navigate this market correctly. Like, not all of these government officials are all about control. There has to be authentic human beings within this space. And a quote from Hester Pierce is, given the, bre given the broad spectrum of the NFT landscape, certain pieces might fall within our jurisdiction. I like that. That's not an aggressive quote. It's not like Gensler saying, yeah, we need to control this market. The CFTC, honestly, is a better regulator for the cryptocurrency market than the SEC, in my opinion. Jackie, yeah, she's... Oh, I was going to say, she's very reasonable, right? Yeah. She's the yeah. same one that says, hey, certain cryptos, they should have a grace period where they start off at first and they're kind of centralized. And then as long as they're progressing and they move to being decentralized, then they get a leeway or grace period and then it's good to go. That is a very a rational way to look at the market. I feel like she's very, very rational. And Sorry. she's trying to protect investors. I think that <laughs> these regulators were built and it's so funny because nobody a lot of our listeners might get frustrated by this the original purpose was to protect retail investors now we've strayed mm -hmm. so far away from that when you look at what's taking place especially with ripple and crypto in particular but this stuff it's like there has to be good players there has to be people who are in government for the right reasons at least i'd like to think that jackie how are you feeling do you agree? Gosh, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, well, I would love to say that there are some good people in, you know. <laughs> I hope. I hope. In government? No, I hope too, guys. Fingers across. But honestly, uh, it's, you know, you you get to that point. Um, I don't know. That's I guess that's just a belief I have. You get to that point if you're, you're you know, with not the right type of people, but I mean, even, even the length of term and how long these people stay in their positions is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, 
but also, yeah, they're just uneducated about, about the space in general. Yeah, we definitely do. I, I 100% agree with you guys. We, we need people that are very educated in the space to be able to make these regulatory laws and things like that for, for these, these assets. Um, I was just laughing when Gonzo had made that comment that he, he, um, Gary Gensler, Gare Bear, deems, everything, <laughs> Bear deems well, everything a security. I was yeah. that that Oprah meme was going through my head. Yeah. You're a security. You're a security. You're a security. <laughs> well, I love it. Well, what's crazy is remember when he first got in, like he came from MIT. He's got a cryptocurrency background, so we thought it was going to be a good thing for crypto. Right. So it just goes to show that uh, a lot of it has to do with the person. Right. Because he has the knowledge base. Yeah. It's not like he's uneducated in crypto. I think it has to do more about what it says about him as a person. Right. right. And that just goes with any profession. You got good doctors, bad doctors, good police officers, bad police officers. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it's just a white good teachers, bad teachers. Right. So because he's not uneducated in crypto. So that just leads me to believe that then he's just not a good person or that. Maybe he started off with good intentions and then just all that power just corrupted him. Uh, what's the saying about like, uh, power? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's powerful. I love that. I love, I, and I want to give a shout out to Johnny Crypto because I think he would definitely agree with you, Jackie. He's not a huge advocate of government and regulatory officials. And, you know, he's, he's one of my best friends. He's one of the smartest guys I know. I trust him. And if he's telling me something like that with his experience and his knowledge is probably something I should be aware of. Mario, I'd like to get some comments before we move on to our next article. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was just, we were talking and I was remembering a year ago when the SEC transitioned and we were waiting patiently and well, impatiently for, for Gary Gensler to be the chosen one, because we saw this person who was a professor for blockchain and stuff. And we were like, he's going to come in and he's going to save the, the, the ripple case because Fingers he crossed. understands, right? I mean, that was, that was on most people's heads. I don't want to say that everybody was thinking like that, but I know that that was the what most people were thinking was that this guy that understands blockchain is going to come into the SEC and he's going to be a forward thinker. He's going to take it for what it is. And the opposite has happened, like the complete opposite. He's just, he's coming after anything that is crypto related. Uh, he wants to regulate anything that is crypto related, which is okay. But I think he, he's taking it from the approach of the SEC, which is being a security. And he keeps hiding behind the shell of, um, Hey, I'm trying to protect the investors, but are you really trying to protect? I mean, are you really protecting the investors? You know, I'm not putting his, no. I'm not putting his integrity at play here, but it doesn't really feel like he's protecting investors by, by doing what he's doing and coming after the space in the way that he's doing, as far as yeah. trying to claim everything to be a security. The truth yeah, is not, we need. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, he's not protecting the average investor. He's no. protecting rich investors. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that it's we do need some kind of regulatory clarity. Um, I don't think that it's supposed to be from the SEC. I agree that it should be from the CFTC more than than, than the SEC. There are bad players in the space. Absolutely. We do need to get rid of those. So by all means, let's let's get rid of some of these bad projects, rug pulls, you know, you name it. But the reality is they shouldn't be coming after you shouldn't be coming after the space in this way. Uh, I just think it's a, a wrong approach. And we've got 10 minutes here. I'd love to touch on two more articles, but our CFO Jeremy brought up a really good point. I wonder if a lot of these government officials get in with good intentions and then behind closed doors, there are conversations that we're not aware of 
where they don't really have a choice of what their what their perspective or how they're protecting investors is supposed to be. Does anybody have any closing comments before we move on? Not me. Perfect. We can get right into the next article if you want. So the next article is 18.6 million in crypto sent to Ukraine and almost 2 million from NFT sales. This is just another example of additional use cases being built on the blockchain system. So the tally of cryptocurrency donations sent to the Ukraine government um, since the start of the armed conflict with Russia is nearing 19 million US dollars, including 1.86 million from one NFT collection, according to blockchain analytics. And it's, it's really interesting. They're dubbing this the world's first crypto war. Well, I would assume it's the first crypto war because there's never been an opportunity to trade crypto with, during a war like this. But Jackie, what's going through your mind? I'm just laughing at the fact that 2 million from NFT sales and then Gerberg comes out and says that NFTs are securities. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's mainly what I was laughing about. But um, yeah, I'll kick it over to someone else. I'm still cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, Gonzo, what are you, going, what's, what are you thinking? That just, I mean, that just goes to show, right? Because that story says 18.9 million. But the story that I was looking at last night was talking about the guy was talking about uh total like a hundred million but i think that covered like civilians going to the military and all that mm. stuff so it just depends on wh where you get your news from but again it's into that narrative that crypto is a good thing right that crypto is a positive mm. thing that they're not using it for nefarious reasons moving away so. from centralized into institutions to a decentralized economy mr node defender yeah. please <laughs> share <laughs> yeah i was I, I i've been speaking about this like all week you know how yep. all of a sudden crypto is not used is not this nefarious tool it's now something that's coming to save the, the the people of ukraine in this case it's it's being used as a positive tool in in this whole war um scenario and and yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie it's good to see that it's good to see that finally they're painting that picture because for people like us that are in the space and we understand, um, you know, we understand how crypto works when they come out and say that Bitcoin is being used for this stuff. And we know that the blockchain is completely transparent. I mean, if they come on the news and they say these hackers got paid in Monero, then yeah, fine. The blockchain for Monero is, is you can't, you know, it's private, but if they're coming out and saying they got paid in Bitcoin, I'm like, well, trace that Bitcoin. You can see the wallet that it, that it, that it went to when you can see to which wallets is going to go from there. So just, blacklist those wallets prevent them from cashing out if they can't spend their bitcoin then what good is having that bitcoin right so they're finally painting a, a picture which we know um we know it is and it's just good to see and i've been talking about it all week and it's it's just good to see i'm i'm fine i'm glad that the news is fine the, the news media is finally telling people the truth for once <laughs> Yes, and I'd love to close our, our segment out with a really fun discussion about my favorite topic in the entire crypto space, XRP. So XRP <laughs> makes above critical support. What's the next target level? I know Jackie's our technical analysis. I would go as far as to say expert. And it appears here that XRP managed to get back above the support of 70 cents. This is a good sign and shows buyers are keen to scoop up the cryptocurrency at a discount. I find this super interesting. I've done my dollar cost averaging. I have a platform I'm using to passively earn income off my XRP. But I find this I find this great. It seems that we've bottomed out. We have key levels of support. Jackie, how do you feel about XRP and, and what's going through your mind? Um, yeah, so this is another chart that we looked at yesterday uh, within the academy. You know, XRP trades in a wide range. Um, 
whether that be because of uh, leveraging, things like that. Um, but we're not really getting too excited until we reach past, you know, back up in the high 90s, reach past that dollar mark. That's something that we're, I mean, that's like a key level that we're really looking at for with this one. I mean, it's, it's nice um, that we're holding that 75 cent uh, mark. That was something that we were looking and, you know, the chart does look like it's coming um, into that bottoming W formation that we see uh, a lot of a lot of alts are looking at like that right now. Um, Ethereum as well. So it's good to see that is like a nice trading pattern that you do want to see. Uh, but again, XRP has some some resistance levels uh, beyond the 75 cents. You know, we're, we're kind of looking back in the, in the 90s. Um, than that dollar mark. So that's when I'll get excited is when we get back up into the dollar. I think that's what I'm 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 really looking forward to. And a, something bullish I saw was that back in July when we experienced that short-term bear market after our pump in April, XRP pulled all the way back to 51 cents and we haven't touched those levels since then. So we're creating higher lows right now, which I think is exciting. We're finding key levels of support and it keeps me optimistic. Gonzo, how are you feeling as an XRP investor? Yeah. Um XRP does this, right? If you look at back at its price history and the chart history, it does this. It does this whole ranging thing where it starts to like, if you looked at a symmetrical triangle, like a big one, it starts to coil up. And then when it moves, it moves, right? And so that's what Jackie's talking about like on our call. You know, right now, you know, it's just ranging. And depending on where your entry level is, you know, we tell people if it drops below what your entry level is, then it's a good time to buy for you. And if you're one of those people that were lucky enough to get in at 51 cents or when it was down or even earlier at 20 cents, then you're probably not accumulating. Right. But we're just watching it range and it's going to get tighter and tighter. But once it starts closing daily candles closer, closer to a dollar and we start uh, closing daily candles above a dollar, that's when I'll really start paying attention because I think that's when it will move. Yep. And we're not financial advisors. This is not financial right. advice. But in my personal opinion, I do believe that right. we're going to see us break past that all-time high when the resolution of the SEC case comes in. And we haven't broken past that $3.80 mark that we experienced in 2018. So when I'm looking at cryptos that I'd, I'd be interested in accumulating at the time, it would be things that haven't even broken their all-time high yet, whether that's HBAR or XLM or XRP. And the list goes on and on. Mario, what are your thoughts as an XRP investor? And is there any projects that you're, you'd like to mention right now? Um, I love XRP. I've I've been into XRP. I've loved XRP for many years now. But this is XRP. I mean, that's what XRP does. It just it doesn't move very often. But when it moves, it moves it, like they say, like it pumps the hardest. So it it's not a good. It's not. I guess you could say that it's not a good hodlers coin because yeah. you know you spend most of your time just just depressed. <laughs> but <No>. um, but <laughs> yeah. I know that. <laughs> I mean, not if you're in the academy. If, yeah. if you're if you're in the academy, you're not depressed. But if, you're a true um, warrior if you invest in XRP. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, definitely. You're a true warrior. But um, but we know that XRP is also very suppressed. We know that because of the the litigation with with Ripple, we know that there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of fear, uncertainty. There's been many delistings from many different exchanges. So that has caused the price of XRP to be stagnant, boring. But hey, let's look back at the history of not just crypto stocks. I mean, when do you want to invest? When it's boring, when it's down, when it's scary. So again, like you just said, it's not financial advice, but seeing XRPs at this level, I mean, for somebody that's getting into crypto and they don't have exposure to anything and you 
zoom out from 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 the entire crypto space and you see the explosion that most of these cryptos have had and then you look at coins like xrp xlm um i mean even to go for some other classics like bitcoin cash um we've not seen all-time highs come from these projects yet so do you want to do you want to go into stuff like uh mana and and other coins that have already exploded and had these huge price movements of thousands of percentage i mean i would probably say no i would say go for these coins that look boring and stagnant and and scary because chances are they're going to get their turn and as long as they're as long as they're coins that are providing some kind of utility or or you know you're not going for a coin that's got no utility behind it then you you could there's a potential to make good money there yes and we're about to close it off here but gonzo i know you had a comment no, I was just going to say, that's one of the things about XRP, right? Where there's this like narrative around it that, you know, you just buy and hold. But if you looked at the history of it, like it hasn't been a good coin to just hold. And I get it because of the lawsuit and because of all these other things, um, it, it hasn't been. But like Mario was saying, when it moves, it moves. Going back to 2017 and the previous bull run. Um, but, it, you know, if you follow uh, Waters Above, it's actually been a really good, once you understand how it moves and looking at the charts, it's actually been a really good coin to trade. Uh, and I'm not saying, hey, you should go out and trade because trading yeah. is a whole nother level and leverage, everybody's got their story about leverage and getting wrecked. 20X. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, don't know. Like no more than 10X. 10X leverage. <laughs> right? No. You but brought up a great point though, Gonzo. Like yeah. in, in April of 2020, I believe we went from 40 cents to $1.90 in the course of like, it was eight weeks or something like that. So when XRP does move, it's it has a history of moving drastically. I mean, doing a two, three, four X in a short period of time. And then we have a long-term regression afterwards and a reaccumulation process or, or bear market. But it, there are advantages to understanding how to navigate these individual projects. I'm going to close it out here. I just want to say thank you for joining us, Jackie, Gonzo, Mario. Love having you guys on. Anybody who's listening, if you enjoy our content, please comment down below what you'd like for us to cover. We can dive more in depth and prepare just for you guys so we can bring you the most valuable content. Smash that like button. Please comment, subscribe, all the above. We love you guys. And it's like we always say, warriors, warriors, rise. Get it together, baby. Thank Get you for joining together. us today. Love you guys.